LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. You're listening to Ask Me Anything with Pastor J.D. Greer. Honest questions, quick answers. I'm your host, Todd Unzicker, and this is where J.D. Greer says, Ask Me Anything. Ask Me Anything, Honest Questions, Quick Answers with Pastor J.D. Greer. I'm your host, Todd Unzicker. Pastor J.D., how do you prepare your sermons? I just download whatever my favorite preachers preached on Saturday. Whatever Tim Keller did last weekend? Exactly right. No. <laughs> yeah, no, I, yeah, I actually get asked this question a lot. Um, there's multiple stages to it. Um, the first one, I think of it like a big picture stage, and that's where we're trying to figure out where God has taken us for the year. Um, I always, pretty much six, I'd say six to nine months out, we're meeting together, several of our church leaders, and we just say, you know, where does God want to take us over the next six months or a year? Um, we typically try to stay in Bible books. I would say, uh, you know, my goal is that probably three-fourths of what we do is just working our way through passages, because that way God is driving the conversation and His Word rather than just my own particular yeah, you know, proclivities. I mean, you find out when people don't um, let Scripture dictate what they're doing, they end up talking about just a handful of subjects over and over again. And I, I just, I mean, I think God's word is given to us as a complete, yes, I interpret part of it and I have to apply it as a pastor, but you know, it sets the priority. So that's it. But we start asking about what passages of scripture haven't we preached through recently? Uh, you know, we like to do a balance of Old Testament series and New Testament series and um, sometimes kind of uh, themes, things going through various books of the Bible. Um, we will always knock out two or three what are traditionally called a topical series could be on relationships, could be on finances, could be on dealing with difficult people or something like that. And that's a lot of just conversation with elders um, and then men and uh, women staff members. And uh, we have always have uh, some diverse leaders in there to say, Hey, here's things that we're thinking about that way we can really, really pastor the people. So we, we do that. So that's your research. You're yep. gathering your materials, text, listening from the other leadership in the in the church, then what's the next step? So when, when you get a little ways out, you can start to create little file systems. And just you, it's amazing how much you start hearing things, whether it's illustrations or other sermons. Um, you know, now I have some people that do some research with me, um, but at the beginning it was just me. And, but, and so I was going out and I was looking at who else has preached this, um, what are some really good, you know, asking people who, who pre, you know, give me your best resources on it. Um, so I always, by the time I sit down on Monday morning, I don't actually write the outline of the sermon or really press into it until that week. Some people do it before, but my style is to do it that way. So when I sit down on Monday, the first thing I do is I go through several commentaries and sermons and man, I just spend two or three hours just kind of soaking in, not just the text itself, but what other people say about it. And almost always by the end of that first morning, I've kind of got in my mind what I think God wants to say from this text and big picture ways to, to our church. Um, then I just, you know, uh, I start that process of going through and I just and put it all in and try to let an outline begin to, to form. I then meet on Wednesdays um, with a lot, another one of our team and, and just, you know, I, I, I pitch the campus to pastors. Them. Yeah. A lot of campus pastors and some other church leaders too. And they just listen for different filters. You know, they say that your sermon is always ends up sounding like whoever you talk to that week. That's why your worst sermons are when you're in seminary, because you're with a bunch of seminary students and you end up preaching as if you were preaching to seminary students and who wants that? <laughs> so um, what I, you know, 
when I meet with these other pastors, what's happening is I'm getting the benefit of not only the conversations I've had that week, but the conversations they've had. And they'll say, you know, this text, here's what it's going to say to somebody that's going through difficult days in a, in a marriage or maybe a struggling with a child or something like that. And all of a sudden these illustrations start coming that are a lot more applicable to people's, people's lives. And so that's a really important step for me in, in the process too. This episode of Ask Me Anything is brought to you in partnership with the Christian Standard Bible, a Bible translation created to be accurate, readable, and shareable. You can learn more at csbible.com. I thought a podcast about how the Bible changed the world would be easy and encouraging. I was wrong. Join me as I explore the overlooked, complicated, and surprising ways God's Word is living and effective. Subscribe on iTunes and learn more at livingandeffective.com. So you go through your know, drafting and outlining on Monday, Tuesday, feedback with um, you know other staff on Wednesday and fleshing out the draft on Thursday. Um, is that it? Is there another step in the well, process? Yeah, it's always for me. Now I choose to to manuscript. Okay. Um, let me let me say one other thing that because I want to brush over. I I said every day until noon. I don't have any meetings. I don't do anything except for spend time in the Word, prayer, and sermon writing. I've done that from the very first days of being a pastor, even when there was hardly any staff, because I knew that the greatest thing that I could do for the people of God that God had given me to serve is to show up well-prepared on the weekend. So ask me anything, just not before noon. Not before noon. Ask me anything afternoon. Um, And I, you know, honestly, Todd, especially when it was, um, we were a a smaller church, it was, I kind of disappointed some people because they were like, Hey, you should do this. And, and I was just like, listen, I, it's not that I don't care about you. It's not that I don't want to meet with you as your pastor. It's just that I can't take away from the thing that is the most valuable thing I can do, which is to to be ready and prepared. I, I can say this. I've preached a lot of bad sermons in the last 16 years at the Summit Church, but I've never preached one where I didn't show up prepared for it. it it's kind of sad. I, I've, I've preached some really bad prepared sermons, <laughs> but I've just I've always found that time of the week. I, I'm never doing the Friday, Saturday night special where I'm cramming in. I just mean the Word of God demands more. And it deserves the best part of my week, and that's what I give. And for me, and it's not the same way for everybody, but for me, it's every day before noon. What's the advantage of that manuscripting? That seems like an extra step that not everybody might do. Well, I, let me be clear. I don't tell everybody that they should manuscript. Because most people, I, I, for whatever reason, I end up writing the way that I speak. And so when I've got the manuscript in front of me, it ends up sounding like I'm talking. A lot of people, when they do that, it ends up sounding like they're reading something. So I manuscript because it helps give clarity of thought. It helps keep me from uh, just rambling on, um, like I do sometimes in Ask Me Anything podcast. It helps keep me from rambling on, it, and it helps me kind of say points with clarity. John Piper, years you know ago in his book, Desiring God, he said, books don't change people, sentences do. In a sermon, that's true. Sometimes it's that one well-crafted transitional or application sentence that that can the more I work at it and force it to get down in words the more that I can go at it uh, one last little step I'll, I'll throw in here is um, there's what I call the um, no notes can you explain it to your wife approach mm-hmm. which is when my wife says what are you preaching on tomorrow if I can't give her a compelling explanation of it in 45 seconds then it's not a well you need to have I need to have one theme the sermon is about this Here's what I'm going to bring out from the text, and here's how I'm going to apply it. And if you can't do that, it's going to sound rambling and wandering to the people that are hearing it. J.D., I've heard you say that there are several things that you want to make sure that are in every single sermon. But before you answer, don't answer. Uh, I want to remind our listeners that they can go to Apple Podcasts or iTunes and leave us a quick rating or review. 
It helps others discover the podcast. You can also text the letters JD to 888-111, and you can get a free 30-day devotional, enter your name uh, to be a drawing for a 2019 day planner calendar that's going to include a Bible reading plan, some quotes from Pastor JD that you'll have throughout the whole year. But before we close, Pastor JD, what are those certain things that you want to have in every single sermon? Yeah, no, great question. I um, Well, I used to go, um, for this reason, I used to go and write at least one morning a week in a coffee shop. And it was because I would look around and I would just find my mind thinking like, I wonder what this girl would think about this point. And assuming she's not a Christian, it would just help me in seeing them. Well, um, I did that for a while. Occasionally, I'll still do it. But um, and then at one point, I had a little bulletin board above my desk, and I wrote down the names of, of a few different people that I wanted to make sure I addressed. Uh, one was always the the unbeliever, and just you know, what does this mean for somebody outside of the church? Um, then there's been you know, how does this text connect to missions? That was one of the reasons I've had you and other you know missions pastors in the room always looking over, saying, where do we connect this to the Great Commission? I mean, every text in the Bible is a Great Commission text and is pointing us to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. I want to make sure I don't leave anything on the table. Um, a lot of times I'll, I'll think about how does this connect us into discipleship and community? What's this mean for the you know, we have so many people at our church that are disconnected. I want to be doing that. I always try to find an apologetic you know, explanation, which is a little bit of, of a part of the talk on the unbeliever. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I mean, th- those are basically the different categories of people that I'm thinking about. So you're, it's thinking, gotten now, you're thinking about your audience, yeah. in other words. Well, yeah, you, the worst thing to do is write sermons for seminary professors. You write, I mean, I love what Martin Luther said about this. He said, I've got a bunch of doctors and a bunch of theologians in my audience. I don't think about them in sermon preparation, and I don't think about them in, pre- in preaching. I think about, to use his old German words, I think about the milkmaiden, and I think about um, the, the, the teenage boys. He said, they're who I'm preaching to. D. Martin Lloyd-Jones said the same thing. He said, I try to preach for that like high school, early high school, knowing that when I do that, I'll be communicating with the doctors and the, and the intelligent people, you know, hyper-intelligent people out there. That's the same thing I do. I'm trying to make it really, really simple. Just make it really simple and explain truth, like C.S. Lewis said, not in brilliant ways, but in plain ways that it, people end up thinking is creative and insightful and yeah. brilliant just because you're trying to say clearly what the Bible says. The Bible is so powerful. If you just make it plain and make it clear, it'll do the work. And I've heard you quote uh, Charles Spurgeon, the great Baptist preacher, preach as if lost people are there. Yes. And they will show up. Yeah, if, 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 you, if you're if like, well, I don't have that many lost people in the audience. Well, if you keep preaching like that, they're not going to show up. Yeah. I always, Even if I know they're not there, I assume they are because what happens is somebody in the audience says, you know, my friend so-and-so really needs to hear that. And they'll bring it back the next week, and then all of a sudden lost people are there. Yep. And pray. Pray that God will send people who need to hear his word, hear the gospel, and that they will come to the services and then draw the net. Give that invitation. Ask people to repent of their sins and trust Christ as their Savior. This is Ask Me Anything with Pastor J.D., and this is, J.D., how do you prepare your sermon? This is part of the LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. Um, We are excited to be a part of a great network of podcasts like the podcast New Churches Q&A. That is with my friends Daniel M. and Todd Adkins and that other guy, Ed Stetzer. Those three uh, in their podcast, they help lead your church with practical and immediately applicable solutions. In each episode, you're going to hear answers to questions about multi-site and missions and leadership development. You want to check them out. New Churches Q&A, part of the LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. I'm your host, Todd Unziker of Ask Me Anything with J.D. Greer. Honest questions, quick answers. Looking forward to you joining us next time on the podcast.